Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jamie, what's recording backwards? Recording backwards is Gnidrakor. boys here and we have nearly completed our journey from this earthly plane to the kingdom of heaven uh my name is peter o'donoghue and i am joined with coming at you live from purgatorio it's ethan so i moved to purgatory because uh we talked about it last time and i was like well there's two options hell or purgatory uh hell sounded uh, not so great purgatory didn't sound great but I was like, it's better than hell, and those are my only two options. So I'm gonna go there. So I'm I'm glad I'm happy with my choice. I'm sure nothing in the near future is going to uh, make me upset that I didn't choose. I don't know some sort of hypothetical third option. I mean, uh, you're gonna be really upset that your your real estate agent really cucked you on that one. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I got some very important information. <laughs> I got my place in purgatory for a steal. All the only payment I have to do is I can't look backwards. I have to only look forwards. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm James. Miller, the patron saint of processing wheat. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, James Miller, what's that backwards? J- uh, Relim Samaj. <laughs> that that just sounds like a regular guy from like India. Okay. Yeah. Man. That just sounds like a normal name. Police officer is pretty good. Recifo Isalop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, a good Tim, one. Tim Hortons, yeah. not Romit. Yeah, and you could do the whole uh, like always fresh Tim Hortons. A surf seal will loss, not roam it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've done this before. That's very so familiar. In our oh time, God. for sure. This, uh, yeah. this is a callback to Jamie and me in high school. With, uh, yeah. Another guy, Will. Not much to do in a small town except for drive around and read signs backwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ankle Hill, baby. It's the yeah. cultural center of the country, I think. Mm-hmm. That's right here. Uh, all right. So before we move on, uh, Ethan, since you're moving there, uh, you want to recap as best you can Dante's Purgatorio. Yeah, there's like, uh, it's kind of nice. So, like I said, I can't look backwards, which is kind of inconvenient because yep. I'm pretty sure I moved here with my girlfriend, but I haven't heard, heard from her since. So, you know. But uh, we're walking up this hill. Uh, it's pretty great. Uh, at the end of each of the hills, uh, oh, sorry. When I first got there, they carved seven uh, scratches in my head. Uh, which is kind of, it sucks, but it's like, you know, homeowners associations, you know what you have to deal with. It's like, <laughs> you know, I got to keep my grass a certain length. I got to let them carve seven notches into my forehead. Uh, it looks kind of cool, to be honest. I got to say, it, it looks really good on you. Yeah, well, I, I had them do it in a uh, seven-sided star pattern, which I thought was pretty pretty nice of them that they were uh, <laughs> accommodating at least that that much. Uh, but it's nice because when, when you walk forward far enough, uh, there's a nice pretty angel that uh, removes a mark from your head. And then each time, each time you get that done, you see a little bit more of her. 
All right, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, Jamie, uh, you want to recap Dante's Inferno? Uh, there's so there's this place called Hell, and it's like pretty hot down there. It sucks. Oh, no. uh, it's where you go when you're bad, and depending on how bad you were or what your sin was, you go to a different level of it. Uh, you start off with like some some normal stuff like lust, like uh, then like you go lower and lower. You get to stuff like fraud, where there's like people whipping you and making jokes at you while you're in a pile of lava or something. Uh, <laughs> And then once you get all the way down to the bottom, there's Satan's balls, and it's the center of the Earth. <laughs> yeah, right? that's where they store the gravity, as we established a yeah. couple of weeks ago. Gravity is stored in the balls. Yeah, uh, stored in the balls. Really, really, hell is what happens is when is that's what happens when you don't have the homeowners association to back you up. Okay, so I'll say. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, it's the, the virtuous, <laughs> the virtuous homeowners with no association. What just is like, homeowners? <laughs> what's that backwards? Homeowners association. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Now, before we get into Dante's Paradiso, uh, I do want to open here uh, with an email that I very much uh, liked. I like these types of very short, silly emails. Um, so, Jamie, if you want to take take it away with the email that we got from uh, our buddy Dalton, who I believe is in Texas. Uh, don't mess with Texas. Check in on Texas. Yeah. Tools. Yeah. So Dalton sent uh, in an email titled Lore Folk Question. And here's the, I'll read the email and then we can answer the questions after, I guess. So Dalton says, hey guys, hope y'all are staying sane during, sane during these weird times. I just had a few questions for anyone who wants to answer. One, have you experienced burnout while making these podcasts? Y'all seem uh, to genuinely enjoy what you do, but it must be hard time at times to find the motivation to keep going after this long. Uh, true sometimes, we'll get to that. And then two, would you rather have to poop out a watermelon or pee out a golf ball? Thought-provoking questions, I know. But they're questions that people need to know. Keep up the great podcast, guys. So first of all, guys, have you ever experienced burnout? Uh, I mean, yeah, we definitely have. We there was, yeah. in, in season two, like the end of season two to the start of season three was like a big period where all three of us were just like busy with life. And like this seemed like a lot of work for um, we weren't getting the satisfaction out of it that we wanted. And we all just took a big break from doing this for like... Out of five weeks, I think we released one episode or something like that, like in the middle. I think before we like got it down to a science and like figured out our format and how long we want them to be and stuff like that, they're a lot um, more strenuous. Like when the three hour episodes, dude, you're exhausted after that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So drunk. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I've definitely taken. I've taken a couple weeks off. Whenever I said this isn't fun, I take a week off and I come back, and I'm always enjoying myself when we're when we're here. Exactly. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely burned out as well. Um, either just because it's sometimes it can be exhausting for me. Mostly it was like external forces. Like I had a funeral to deal with, and I was generally already depressed and not at my office for a little while. So there was like, there's still some missing artwork on the website. Like five or six episodes that I just could not muster the willpower to actually do. Two. Um, and then yeah, we have two seasonal breaks. Uh, we have se- we have three seasons, and we took breaks in between. I think the first one was because it just sounded like a good idea, and then the other one was it was just like ex- like mental exhaustion. Yeah, exactly. The first one it's, it was we were at episode twenty, uh, and we all needed the next week off anyway. Yeah, like it just kind of all worked for us. So we all just said like, oh, let's just like take it off. And then the end of season two, so maybe like, and I haven't gone back and listened to any of our own podcasts. Uh, but yeah. I, I wonder if you get to the end of season two, if you go back and listen and it's like, you can hear the fatigue or strain in our voice. I don't know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pete, you said funeral to remind me of something. There's this place that whenever we had to drive to my dad's <laughs> office, there was like a, a place that made caskets 
And on their sign, they said, oh. we put the fun in funeral, oh. which I thought was so inappropriate. <laughs> Very inappropriate. That sounds like a Simpsons <laughs> business. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the second question, I guess, uh, would you rather poop out a wall- watermelon or pee out a golf ball? I'd poop out a watermelon. Out a watermelon. It sounds way easier. Yeah. No. I'd they- like... They both sound horrible, but yes. I, I feel like pooping out a grapefruit is horrible. So, yeah. like, the difference between a grapefruit and a watermelon is negligible to me. You've torn everything at that point. You know what I mean? What's the diameter of a watermelon? Well, I, I mean, mean, it depends on the vary. size of the watermelon, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are we talking seedless here? Uh, I mean, <laughs> like, 10 to 12 inches. cube ones? 10 to 12 inches. How far can a human anus open? I think 10 to 12 inches. Exactly. If it's 9 to 11, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> uh, up to 12 centimeters. So it it says... 12 centimeters. 12 That's centimeters is under 6 inches. Or a yeah. third, yeah. yeah. When I asked, when I looked it up right after, it said raccoons could squeeze into spaces 10 centimeters wide. That, that, was, a so, meme. that was a meme for a while. Was right, the, yeah. the average human can fit two raccoons up his butt or something like that. Okay. So yeah, it, that, I don't really need to look up a, a human pee hole, but it would definitely be a challenge too. If it was, like, lasting damage forever, it might be better to go with the penis. I don't know. No because way, like, dude. No way. Well, do you have to get a big butt plug all the time? I feel like you're not going to just no, pee a, all the time. You get a colostomy bag. Yeah. Oh. And you just have the bag. You know what? To mix it up, I'll, I'll pee the golf ball just so we have some science here. Yeah, just we can figure so it out. we can actually trial it. Well, yeah, the yeah. good news is I'm not using this thing anyways. Well, the good news is the good news is you now you now have a golf ball that you can reuse. Nobody's eating that watermelon. True. Well, you don't need the you don't need the rind. If it doesn't break open, it's still technically good. Uh, Peter, oh. I'm not eating that watermelon. <laughs> you know what? The night before you poop it out, make a little hole in it, pop a vodka bottle into it, and oh, you have such oh, a yeah. lovely watermelon by the time you poop yeah, it out. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Nice boozy watermelon. Anyway. <laughs> yep. uh, boozy it, booty watermelon <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is these types of silly questions that I do like to listen to on other podcasts and I like to get uh, if you guys have lore suggestions why don't you head over to our discord where we're all hanging out all the time and recording Wait, Pete, right now we have a discord if you guys want to find it the easiest way to get to it loreboys.com and then you can find the in our info section yeah, exactly there, there's an about section i tried to make a, a url slug for it surprisingly difficult i talked yeah. a big game where i was like this is gonna be fucking easy my guys but yeah. loreboys.com slash about uh with the trailing slash and you guys will will get all of the links to all our stuff there and last week channel for lore anyway so yeah last week we had all three boys in a minecraft channel with some fans and we were playing in the minecraft server together so you're missing out on stuff like that if you're not in there that was, that was also fucking hilarious. That was some wacky, goofy fun from all of yeah. us. <laughs> we built Peter a house, filled it with pumpkins and chickens. Uh, I tried to kill Ethan a lot, but he, he even tried to he, kill me, actually. No, I would say, I think you had it right the first time. You did You did try and kill me a lot. but Well, uh, I tried to trap you. You just tried to punch me, but I had a diamond sword, so it never worked out well for you. <laughs> you had a diamond sword and diamond armor, and I hit you with iron pants. And, um, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway. anyway, that's what you're missing over there. And now we can move on to the episode. Uh, and again, if you want to contact us, loreboyspodcast at gmail.com. Normally those are read at the end of the episode. So you have Peter. to sit through a bunch of bullshit before you hear your own words. Can I Can I just say, Peter, um, you missed the perfect segue of without further adieu uh, because we're talking uh, about uh, God and parody. So anyway. Can I, 
Can I Zier say it now? Is French for God. Yeah. <laughs> adieu is is to God. To yeah. God. And adieu is without further ado. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, when we last left our intrepid self-insert Dante Alighieri, he was resting one last time at the top of the mountain of purgatory after jumping through a horny wall of fire, uh, which was right. intended was the, the quote is to drain the lust from his balls is and a direct you, quote. <laughs> is a direct quote. Right? It is not. <laughs> just drain, drain the old man tank, huh? Just get it out there. Uh, just a bunch of people just like jumping through fire and splooging all over the top of Mount Purgatory. It's got to be very stimulating. I mean, you'd, you'd think. But it was, if I recall correctly, they had to jump through multiple times, right? They were like uh, hopscotching yeah. through it? Yeah. Uh, exactly. It, they kind of like double dutch through the wall yeah. of fire and they have to like prostrate or like prostrate to themselves and talk about the the sin of lust before they're cleansed and then they can go up to heaven uh, it's all in the other it's all in the episode go listen to purgatorio from a couple weeks ago peter peter why make god fucking so good if he no like it <laughs> <laughs> because you have to control yourself we will talk about temperance uh coming up here and self-restraint which is very important good i hope temperance. so I, yeah. I hope so, i hope someone will teach me the self-restraint to not buy a uh, house in a uh, uh, diminishing neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> on a shitty, boring island. <laughs> so, Dante, Virgil, and Stadius, his poet homies that he's been traveling with now, uh, continue up the mountain until they meet a woman named Matilda. Um, it is still to this day debated who this is supposed to represent. It's like uh, the how... movie, Peter. Come on. It, yeah. They do find a VHS copy of Matilda, but there's Danny no VCR. Yeah, that's true. He's the stepdad or whatever the fuck. And, and, and the director. Oh. It's a Roald Dahl novel. Uh, just remember, everybody, Roald Dahl hates your fucking kids. <laughs> All right. So much. Um, <laughs> but the Matilda in uh, This is Still in Purgatorio uh, is likely uh, Matilda of Tuscany, uh, the ruler of Tus Tuscany from 1052 to 1115. Uh, she's actually one of the few medieval women who is famous for her military might. Um, and Lord Boy's canon, warrior queens of Christ, are rad as fuck. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. I'll I'd, I'd give it to her. Oh, yeah, dude. She could um, uh, squat Jamie or whatever he wants women to do to him. Shot Shot put. That's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I doesn't need to be easy. a woman. Yeah. It could be anyone. I just need someone who's strong enough to shot put me. Yeah. Okay. I'll see. Uh, maybe, maybe I could do it one day. I eat like shit and Gyms are closed, but maybe I'll do that for your birthday. For your 35th. Okay. You gotta you got get me over a chain link fence. That, that's what happened in the dream. So get, really uh, work on your on your pushing strength. All right. Yeah. Give me time. Give, How give me tall time. was the chain link fence, though? Because the material uh, like, of the fence doesn't really matter as much as the height of the fence. That's like eight, eight foot. I don't know. What's a normal is, one? Eight foot is a very tall chain link fence. Yeah, that's like... Are Seven they trying foot? to keep people in or keep people out with that? Taller thing? than me. Taller than me for sure. Because you sometimes you get like the, the three and a half, four foot ones that are just like, that's like a gate, you know? No, it was next to a football field in St. Lazar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, go, we'll go with eight foot, but it's going to be, you're, you're diminishing your oh, own no. pool here. In St. Lambert, we can go find the fence actually. So it, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> So sadly, we're not going to talk about St. Lazar or St. Lambert in this episode, but okay. I'm sure they're relevant in some way. <laughs> uh, so uh, Matilda of Tuscany was the primary supporter of Pope Gregory VII uh, when he got into a bit of a scuffle with King Henry IV of the Holy Roman Empire in what was going to be called the Investiture Controversy. 
Uh, this is where the Pope had been undercutting the power of the Emperor and other European monarchs. Uh, this was actually, this is kind of a branding thing. This was a less of a controversy and really closer to five decades of civil war in Germany. Uh, and then it actually ended up giving rise to the Guelph and the Ghibelline conflict, which, which we have been over we all know multiple about. times. Yeah. Exactly. Which Dante, Dante was against the Guelphs, right? Dante, okay, he was a Guelph. Oh, he was for the Guelphs, okay. And then after they lost, they separated into two mini Guelphs, and he was the uh, he he basically was a loser Guelph twice. Is <laughs> and then he got exiled. From, and then he got exiled. I was like, remember. Fuck you! I'm writing a 1300 page book. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but since Dante was a huge simp for the papacy, it is no surprise <laughs> that he would put Matilda at the top of the mountain of purgatory in earthly paradise or the Garden of Eden. Is what the a 2020 spin on fucking yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> is the is the P in simps? Does that stand for Pope? Yes. <laughs> simp is actually old Italian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, simp actually stands for simping in my Pope. Yeah, it's an acronym. <laughs> it's it's a recursive acronym. <laughs> yeah. Sucker for mediocre Pope or something. I don't know. What yeah. what is the actual one? <laughs> Um, so, uh, Matilda's job here in the Garden of Eden is to get Dante ready for his big ta- big date, excuse me, with Beatrice and God. So, she's fixing his bow tie, straightening out his corsage, and combing his greasy, greasy hair off to the side to make him look, you know, classic 80s prom crap. Right, right. He's, he's flashing uh, those brown, brown teeth of his. Oh, yeah, the dude. the fucking 1300s and nobody has <laughs> a toothbrush. Because <laughs> it was 1317, probably, when he wrote this part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Make sure I got my good side with the wooden tooth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen pictures of Dante? He has like a hooked crow's beak of a nose. No. Like it basically starts between his eyebrows and just goes straight down and like bends forward over his lip. Wow. Yeah. Not Was a good made... man. Wait, are, were you looking at a picture of Dante or were you looking at a picture of a parrot? I often get confused myself. Oh, that's true. The parrots, what's confusing about them is the parrots speak like a human. And this but... is called Paradiso. So. Oh, Paradiso. All, all about birds. <laughs> you guys know when a parrot dies and its skull, it's... it's. Oh, no, no, I'm thinking of a toucan. Never mind. But a Are toucan's you? beak stays the same. Like, it's still that colorful beak, and then with just a little bird skull next to it whenever you find it. Oh, it a... doesn't, like, lose its color? No. No, it's 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 still just like a toucan. That's like huh. so... Man. That's going to change that... the way I eat Fruit Loops. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say that's a great like Halloween cover for a box of Fruit Loops. Yeah, but imagine finding one and you know, no, you know nothing about like, like how the world works and stuff. Like way back when, and you find one of those things. Yeah, right. I mean, it sounds like a tacky souvenir you would buy in South America from like an American-run pop shop or whatever. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um. Anyway, Beatrice arrives now we talked more about beatrice in the first episode when we're talking about the real life dante so go back and listen to that uh as beatrice arrives virgil and stadius disappear uh due to virgil being a virtuous pagan uh he has to get his kind helpful however uncivilized non-christian ass back down to hell where he belongs get down to hell motherfucker out but what about stadius he was making his way through purgatory so i'm not certain what happens to him in this part of the story i looked for a lot of like because he just poofs out of existence along with virgil neither one of them carry up into into paradise with with dante and and beatrice okay Damn. 
Well, maybe it'll make sense because he's not Christian, but Stadius was like baptized apparently. Stad- right? so, so Stadius, they f- they found him at the last level, jumping through the horny fire, right? I don't think he was in lust, <laughs> but he was in purgatory, making his way up the mountain to heaven. Okay. Maybe it's just yeah. like he got he got like a little sneak peek with Dante because Dante's the Mary Sue, uh, so yeah. like Dante could bring him through purgatory, but he hasn't actually done his time. You know, if you do the crime, you got to do the time. That's got to do the time. Yeah, it's three times however sinful oh. you were. Exactly. Dude, you should be a poet. That's a really cool line you just came up with. Oh, thank you. That is actually, actually a Bill Shakespeare. So. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. King Lear, <laughs> Bill, King Lear I think. Yeah, a Billy Shakes. <laughs> King Lear, I think. My horse, my horse, my kingdom for a horse. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I like the accent you put on that one. That was good. Well, that's a Bill Shakespeare accent. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, a Billy Shakes accent, if you will. so dante and matilda witness a procession which is just like a organized caravan of people um i can only really describe this as dreamlike because again i went to multiple sources and what they see in the garden of eden here is fucking wild and everything just gets weird just gets more psychedelic from here on out well you say Um, they're in the garden of eden did you say that before just then or yes earthly paradise the garden of eden okay when i said that matilda was here Oh, way back when. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I can't corroborate any like shape shifting chariots or anything to that effect. Uh, so just let's get through it here. Um, just and just imagine now a four year old Dante out of breath explaining this entire thing to his grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the procession is led by twenty four elders representing the twenty four books of the Hebrew Bible. Four animals representing Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The four evangelists follow them. Next, Beatrice arrives and or gets onto a chariot pulled by a griffin. She is being circled by three women, representing love, hope, and faith. Behind them, there are four more uh, women, representing prudence, temperance, justice, and fortitude. And then two more elders, representing the Acts of the Apostles and the letters of Paul from the New Testament. Okay? Mm. Then... Four modestly dressed people representing James, Peter, John, and Jude, the author of the seven Catholic epistles. Got two out of the three of the boys there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, an old man shuffling along representing the book of Revelations. Who I guess was named Ethan. Ethan. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like Connie is short for Constance. Did they call temperance like Temi? Tempe? Tempe? Tempe. <laughs> that's that's why they they serve uh, tempeh uh, in Catholic churches as the as an alternative to the Eucharist if you're a vegetarian. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some tempeh. So this procession arrives, um, and Virgil disappears, kind of at this point, like without fanfare. He does not say goodbye. He does not tell Dante good luck tell God I said hi, whatever, let me into heaven and shit for all the work I just did. He just vanishes. It's okay. And so I know you did the research on it and maybe listen to the audiobook, but it was it like, was Virgil's leaving described at all? Or is that just like the last mention of Virgil in the, in the, in the book or the poem? No. So Dante does notice and there is a solution to this problem, okay. <laughs> which I, which I will, which I will get into in a moment here. So, now, here's where this procession itself is kind of normal looking. It's like a parade with a griffin in it, which is whatever. Every every parade needs a float. Um, mm-hmm. Now, 
the griffin that is pulling Beatrice's chariot pulls it over to a dead tree that's in the Garden of Eden. When he ties the chariot to the tree, it springs back to life and bears fruit. Turns out this is the tree of knowledge that Adam and, and that lying bitch Eve ate from <laughs> to invent <laughs> menstrual cramps or whatever. Whatever. The huh? crowd from the procession then surrounds the griffin and starts like applauding at it, congratulating him on not eating from the tree of knowledge. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Um, a dragon that represents Islam shows up apparently at one point. And there was like, a dragon. There was a griffin, and he went up, and someone tied him to the tree. But they didn't eat the fruit, and and yeah. then everybody everybody clapped for the them. And then a dragon showed up, and uh, the dragon was Islam. Yeah, exactly. And now this is also like kind of cool because, like, despite the fact he's pretty hardcore Christian, we know since he had put King um, Saladin, who fought against the Christians in the Crusades, in. Mm hell because he's non-christian but in limbo so he's virtuous he's a virtuous pagan dante's not anti other religions or at least parts of it right so that's well uh, not anti other religion insofar as he can accept that some misguided soul can follow another religion and be a good person but anybody that follows that religion (laughs) instantly forfeits their right to paradise (laughs) yeah paradise and or purgatory like you can't even be redeemed yeah Yeah. so i don't know i don't know if i would say pro other religions but (laughs) it's a comedy though right so does he necessarily believe that all of these layers of hell and all the layers of of going up to heaven exist or yeah i it's a it's a traditional it's a traditional comedy so comedy was literally something that any story there there was two types of stories back in the day tragedies and comedies tragedies yeah. had sad en- like sad endings and comedy was anything that didn't have an explicitly sad ending yeah it wasn't yeah. like a, a slapstick he... like here goes dante up the hill of purgatory <laughs> yeah i know but is he like really religious does he say that anywhere Dude, he would probably fuck the Pope if he had the yeah, chance. Yeah. <laughs> very, very pro papacy yeah. was not was not. Yeah, right. hardcore papacy. Yeah, super, super, super religious. You might say. Yeah, but I okay. think uh, most people in the 1300s were. It was just I don't know what you yeah. did. Do, you, do you religion is the goal of religion to fuck the Pope? I don't get it. Yeah, that's how yeah, you, he's the last boss. That yeah, that's the last boss in Christianity. That's when you when you win Christianity, you fuck the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> you just get beamed up immediately. Well, so like, straight, I'm straight to the Vatican. <laughs> you got you guys know me. I'm like a, an agnostic at best. But the second that there's a hot pope, then I'm I'm full I'm full ca- I'm going for it. Then you know I'm just biding my time until there's a hot pope yeah. that I can fuck. Dude, you're gonna Jude go Law as the pope. Glass wag- you can go in that glass wagon and just steam it right up. Nothing but the handprints and the the, the yeah. pope's chest prints up against the glass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, more crazy shit happens uh, towards the end of the procession here. Um, A giant shows up after the dragon, along with a prostitute. Uh, The prostitute represents the corruption of the church. She and the giant embrace and then leave together, possibly with the chariot. They just show up to grab the chariot and leave? They show up, hug, and leave. Okay, does anybody clap for them, or...? No, uh, apparently the only person <laughs> the only person getting credit for not eating from the tree is the griffin. Yeah. And it also is, the griffin may, might be Jesus. The, That's the, another the, thing. The giant shows up and everyone's just like, where's David? And then uh, he fucking... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Beatrice has gotten off of the chariot. She walks over to talk to Dante. She expresses disapproval of Dante's sins and then explains to him why Virgil poofed out of existence. But then she's like, don't worry about it. Swim through the river Lethe, which is the river of forgetfulness that we detailed last episode. Not to be confused with the river of Lecce, which is the river of milk. No, that is a different river in the Garden of Eden. That's where God invented milk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It just pours over the walls of a mountain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the third day, God said, let there be milk. And the river (laughs) Leche flowed. There was a river espresso, and they actually meet at one point. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. And a cafe latte. A little flower. The river cafe latte. (laughs) The cappuccino lake in the Garden of Eden is a sight to behold. I must say. Uh, So the Leche being the river of forgetfulness, uh, he swims through it, forgets about Dante, forgets about his sins, forgets about everything. Um, yeah, so now that he's forgotten his sins, he's ready to ascend into paradise and then eat Jesus' famous hot wings and leave with a t-shirt, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the second goal after you... you that's the the true ending to Christianity. Yeah. Uh, Wait, you, can fuck the, you can fuck t-shirt. the Pope. You can fuck the Pope, but then it's like you also can... Uh, if you unlock all the unlockables, then you can ascend to heaven and eat Jesus' chicken wings and leave with yeah. a t-shirt. Yeah. Jesus is probably robe. really good. Yeah, his robe's so white and like clean i just picture it with like little finger pins prints yeah. like chicken, oh, oh, chicken oh, buffalo sauce all over him yeah. <laughs> welcome welcome sit down sit down yeah, yeah. yeah and he's got a he's got a gallon of milk from the uh the river leche because they're very spicy those chicken wings some yeah. people say that jesus is the only man who's ever lived who can finish that gallon of milk challenge yeah yeah could you, <laughs> could you, could jesus himself make a uh could jesus himself make a chicken wing so hot even he couldn't eat it oh wow. <laughs> Only one way to find out. At noon, the procession is done, and all the weird transforming rituals and giants and dragons and griffins are all taken care of. So Dante, <laughs> Dante and oh, Beatrice good. decide. Islam's gone from heaven. Yeah, it's finally out of here. <laughs> um, Dante grabs a quick shot, uh, a quick shot of water from the river Unoe uh, to restore his positive memories, and then they're finally off. Unoe um, is an original river created by dante derived from the greek words for good and mind oh so it's not like one of the underworld it's not one of the underworld ones that he's just recycled into his into his poem he he was just like ah fuck i need one more river and underworld's fresh out and the milk (laughs) one's kind of gross it's gonna be a long walk it's gonna (laughs) get hot yeah that's all that name is also what you say at the beginning of in the jungle that song well, that's why you can remember that song so well. We are It's good mind. <laughs> um, I know we already had our animal fact of the episode with the toucan thing, but I tossed this one in here. Uh, Unoe are also a genus of marine annelid worm. <laughs> Damn. Anal lid worms? Anal lid worms. I'd never like to have those again. My Would friend- you like to... Sh- my friend Mermy called out. He's like, "Dude, you guys talk about it in Animal Fact every single episode." So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't realize, but I guess we do, don't we? Well, I, pretty much. Now, now we've got two and possibly more. I can't see the future. I might, <laughs> I may have written in other facts that I forgot about. <laughs> that is, yep. that is, honest to God, something I spice up work from home mandatory uh, meetings I work with. I always animal have fact. an animal fact for for meetings <laughs> at work. <laughs> Hell yeah. We also know that griffins um, need a round of applause too. That's another thing you learn. Yep, yes, that is true. Yep. Clean water, no fruit, and applause is how you have a a, a healthy griffin. Clean, clean <laughs> yeah. water, clean water or milk. 
cow's milk is milk. Yeah. they can they can handle dairy and a huge fucking litter box <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that lower cat half is big <laughs> <laughs> but they have like bird poop which is all liquidy and gross so it's way yeah. harder to clean up yeah well not in the litter box. uh well no litter boxes aren't that aren't that great i mean mine's <laughs> cheap <laughs> i mean litter that's boxes take litter boxes are pretty good for cl- cleaning up liquid waste like that's kind of <laughs> kind of their thing <laughs> so after drinking from the Yanoe, beatrice tells dante that god is in outer space and it's time to fly uh she is going to guide him now through the nine celestial spheres of heaven heaven excuse me to the empyrean where god lives bringing us into dante's paradiso finally now Ooh. This is, like, more of a historical thing here. Dante knew that the Earth was round, uh, but his understanding of the solar system was less scientifically accurate, so we give him some credit where credit is due for the 1300s. In Paradiso, the solar system is described as being geocentric, with several concentric spherical layers surrounding the Earth like a jawbreaker candy or like an onion. So everything is like a shell sphere around the earth which is at the center of this geocentric oh, model it's like cross-sectional of a parfait <laughs> <laughs> parfait may be the most delicious thing on the whole damn planet yeah. it was uh it was copernicus that discovered the earth revolved around the sun right which was in the 16th century i believe so. i don't know i have some planet facts later i know that yeah um, so so to to your point to yeah. dante's credit no one really believed. Like, people had probably speculated before, but I'm pretty sure it was Copernicus that proved the Earth revolved around the sun and not vice versa. Like, 400 years after he was dead, too, so. Yeah. yeah. After Dante was dead, that is. Yeah. Um, so, so, 16th century, so the 1500s. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, 200, I, I, 200 years. I don't know about you guys, but when I wake up, the sun comes up on one side and it sets on the other. It's going around us, so... When I wake you know up what? That's, and oh, I know I'm going to be, argument, <laughs> when I wake up and I know I'm going to be, I know I'm going to be the man that revolves, that has the sun revolve around him and his earth. Yep. As the yep. pretenders saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this model of the solar system was based on the one put forth, forth by Claudius Ptolemy at some point between the years 100 and 170 while he was alive. He was just like, yeah, it's a bunch. It's like an onion. We're at the middle. That's where everything goes. <laughs> uh, the onion model of the universe. Yes. The the <laughs> Shrek himself, I think, b- I believe, is a small universe. <laughs> oh, the universe is Shrek. Is, is yes, the, exactly. Is, is the, the, the hypothesis. Yeah. Shrek, is uh, Shrek is life. Mm-hmm. The first celestial sphere is just the moon. So their first stop after leaving the planet Earth is to go to the moon. Um, whilst Whilst exploring the moon, Beatrice explains to Dante that the craters on the moon's surface is some kind of optics experiment where he's just like, well, why are some parts dark and others not? And she's like, actually, it's about light and all this other crazy shit. So he just, she goes off on this random science tangent, gives him a bunch of trivia about optics. (laughs) I I do, especially for the 1300s, kind of like, I guess the later end of the Dark Ages, uh, where like science was real, really took a backseat to religion for a good five hundred yeah. years. 
Um, and just to be like, I'm writing this like epic poem about uh, my religion, Christianity. And you know what? I'm going to throw some fucking science that I know, having never looked at a telescope before in my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's basically the, the 14th century equivalent of like a Snapple fact. Yeah. <laughs> She just throws out there when they go to the moon. Yeah, uh, and the stars are holes in the blanket that we tuck the Earth goodbye, yeah. good night into. Yeah, yeah we we'll get into that. We'll get into that part. <laughs> oh, good. Um, <laughs> the souls who live on the moon uh, are the inconstant, meaning changing or variable uh, people who lack the virtue of fortitude and abandon their vows. Uh, oh, my doctor they- told me I'm inconstant. <laughs> I don't think that's what he said, Jamie. <laughs> you might be on the wrong medication. You might want to call him back. <laughs> okay. Okay. So here they meet uh, the soul of a woman named Picarda, who was the sister of one of Dante's childhood friends, uh, Foriz Donati. Um, Picarda died shortly after being forcibly removed from her convent. Uh, doesn't sound like it was her fault, but she lives on the moon now, which is better than hell. Sounds pretty rad, honestly. Uh, cool. Yeah. Can I ask if we're going to meet uh, Dante's childhood friend, D- Mr. Donati, somewhere in heaven? Uh, I, no. Can I get that spoiler? Because uh, I would have loved that. It was like, yeah, my good friend from childhood, he's up in heaven, but his bitch sister, she's living on the moon now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't you worry. Uh, Dante's Mary Sue tendencies uh, are on full display uh, the deeper they go into outer space. Okay, so good. Don't yeah. worry about good, good, good. Um, so one of the things that I find funny here is there's like this commonality of why I chose these two people that he meets. Uh, the other woman that he meets on the moon is Constance of Sicily. Uh, she was the empress of the Holy Roman Empire as of 1191. Uh, and if you ask Dante, she was also forcibly removed from her convent and made to marry Henry VI. Um, the commonality between these two moon nuns is that they had their vows broken by force. Beatrice, however explains that your vows are a contract with god and are way too important to be broken therefore you should not comply with force meaning she just kind of it's like a weird endorsement of martyrdom yeah it should have martyred yourself idiot like (laughs) exactly just like fuck you yeah i guess you're just a coward now you have to live on the moon which (laughs) not that bad honestly i mean Um, the moon sounds kind of boring honestly like yeah loophole though Always a loophole with every in every contract. Every contract has a good loophole, some fine mm-hmm. print with God. Uh, if keeping your vows endorses a greater evil, then it's all cool to break your previous vows. This is how Beatrice rationalizes Agamemnon's sacrifice of his daughter during the Trojan War, uh, which has come up a lot in the comedy. Gold medal, good. yeah, exactly. So gold medal, Dante's favorite thing, Pope. Silver medal, Trojan War, and he I, does Agamemnon. not want the Greeks. Yeah, he does not like the Greeks in that story. Agamemnon going to war because his cousin's wife left him for a Trojan or something? For, for Paris? I don't fucking know exactly. Justified, yeah. But remember, like, in Fraud in Hell, which is like the second to last layer, counselors of fraud are like the two guys who told someone to build the Trojan horse. So he's not a fan of uh, the horse side of that fight. But he is a fan of the fact that they went to war, just not the fact that they... Well, he's like, he's forgiving of Agamemnon, because Agamemnon was the, the Greeks, like, they were the ones that invaded Troy, and so Agamemnon was the one that ordered the horse built, but I guess it was just the people that uh, counseled him. Was Agamemnon not in Troy? No, I'm, I'm not, no, Agamemnon, I Agamemnon, Agamemnon in the Brad Pitt movie was the, 
Who is he? Who is he? He's played by the guy from X Men Two. Uh, but he, he, he yeah. was the the Greek the Greek ruler. He's the one who sends Achilles to go defeat the Trojans. Okay, that's odd. That's yeah, where the saying like comes Greeks. from, right? Like, don't look a Trojan horse in the mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Greek okay. soldiers will stab you in the eyes. Don't yeah. don't look okay. a Agamemnon in the mouth. That's where the expression comes from. <laughs> you know, when you get a you get a cheap Agamemnon from some farmer. You know. <laughs> uh, now the second sphere is Mercury. They're not in order of distance from Earth. Which is strange, but like as things rotate, I guess they get farther and closer to each other. Yeah, that's when when they say. So like, there even in this geocentric model, however, it seems to be in my head like how he explains like they go to the moon and then Mercury next. Yeah, yeah so a, a, Pluto, Pluto and the next farthest planet only get close to each other like every three hundred and fifty something years. So yeah, like, like, just yeah. based on their rotation and their speed, right? Like, Since. In the time in the time Pluto, um, Pluto was discovered, and to the time that Pluto was uh, named not a planet, it had it had done like a quarter of a year in it's like a Pluto a Pluto year. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny you say that because I had a Pluto fact later on in the script. Uh, it still has not completed an entire rotation around the sun because a Plutonian year takes 247 years. Yeah, and it was discovered in the 70s, Pluto. Like it's... In the 30s. There you go. Huh. Yeah, it'll be yeah. back where we found it in 2178, I believe. It's written, I wrote it down later on. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that lives on Pluto is toucans, actually. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. Animal fact, three for three. It's where, <laughs> it's where Fruit Loops come from. Yep. <laughs> That's why Pluto doesn't have any rings. Mr. Oh, Sam, Mr. Yeah. Ate them all. Mr. Sam brings <laughs> us to the, the bring the brings them all to Earth for us to eat and the children. <laughs> so the second sphere is, is Mercury and is reserved for the ambitious and those who want to tan real fucking fast. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, uh, people here did good in life. However, they did good in pursuit of fame. Thus, were deficient in justice. So Mercury is entirely overtaken by the light of the sun. So too is this celestial sphere by the light of God. Okay. So I, th- I think it's for people that want to tan really well or uh, tan never because Mercury is tidally locked to the sun. So there's one uh, side of it yeah, that right. is always facing the sun and there's the other side of it, which is never facing the sun. So it's just wicked cold because it has no atmosphere. Yeah. yeah doesn't sure. Mercury have this weird border where the temperature drops like... 500 degrees celsius over the it course would, of like a yeah mile. it'd be like 600 yeah. whatever whatever you know it'd be super hot on the side facing the sun and it'd be super cold yeah. on the side not facing the sun wild pretty uh, wild on mercury on mercury uh the pair run into emperor justinian uh the byzantine emperor from 527 to 565 okay uh per- personal fact he is known as saint justinian in the eastern orthodox church which is my church or would be if I believed in God, it's the one I was, uh, I was baptized into the Greek Orthodox Church, which is Eastern Orthodox, along with the Ruskies and yep. the rest you wear, of Eastern. You wear Europe your crucifix. Shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> but that's because I don't have any fingernails. I just can't get the fucking thing off. <laughs> <laughs> the latch is too tiny. <laughs> um, he introduces himself as Emperor Justinian, showing Dante that he kept his memories, but obviously his rank means nothing in Paradise. Um, Justinian speaks to Beatrice and Dante saying, wow, Dante, you sure are right about everything. 
<laughs> well, that that's un, that's an unfamiliar thread for this story. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So far, it's, uh, it's all been people naysaying Dante. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I think that's a weird move to introduce yourself as an emperor. If you're an emperor, just introduce yourself as yourself, and your your like attitude and everything should show that you're an emperor. Right? That's why. That's why you you'll never be an emperor, James. Yeah, that's you, the one and only reason why you'll never be an emperor. You gotta walk the walk. You don't just they, talk the talk. No, right? they gotta be egoists, man. Every emperor yeah. in the history of time has been like, "I'm the fucking emperor, dude." Me, emperor. You don't call me by my name. You call me emperor. Okay. Okay. So Bow I guess I'm mistaking me. what makes a good leader with an emperor. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's also why you'll never be a regular politician. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that shows his ambition, right? Like he's lacking in justice so even in heaven he's still like oh yeah me you know moments from god living on mercury next to the sun and i'm emperor justinian by the way <laughs> by by the way um, he also refers to the french as yellow lilies oh i mean i, I firm flowers we, we were just god. in uh they're yellow flowers we were just in rural quebec and there was a ton of lilies but uh yeah, if you actually Google yellow lilies, I don't know if it's just because we're in Canada, but apparently they're called the Canada lily. And oh. Yeah, it's the wild yellow lily, the meadow lily, or the Canada lily. So yeah. I guess um, we're the yellow bellies now. Now, from Mercury, where do you think we're going? Mars. Nope. Going Jupiter. to Jupiter. Venus, baby. The huh. hottest planet in the solar system. Venus is for the lovers. Yes, um... I mean, it's still sunny and hot in uh, in Paradiso, but he there are no lakes of molten lead, sadly. So he missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> Venus is for the lovers, not the gross weird ones in lust or the lovers in purgatory. Uh, the good lovers, apparently, question Cha mark in brackets. Ch chaste faithful lovers. Yeah, I guess. Um, an apparent personal friend is here on Venus and sho the shockingly not Italian or already famous dead poet... Charles Martel of Anjou. Um, Charles established the Hungarian House of Anjou, ruled Croatia, and then died of plague in 1295. Good for him. Yeah. He was 23. Got in a, a lot of good work. Wow, yeah, he did a lot in that time. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we're fucking 28. 20, you're 29. I know, I know, I know. I, know. I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't established any kingdoms, and I, I've never even been to Croatia. Yeah. Well, yeah. Have, have you even given any thought to your progeny? Come on! No, not really. <laughs> Who's going to rule in your yeah. stead? Should you catch the plague? <laughs> take over lore boys. Yeah. Peter's the daddy um, of lore boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Charles explains to Dante that society requires diversity to function, which likely meant slightly different kinds of Christians who all agree on the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Char Charles of Anjou would totally be like in one of those Twitter bubbles where it's just a bunch of people who just like circle jerk and retweet themselves yeah, yeah, like five other, six yeah. people yeah um also on venus uh, was one of the lovers of sordello uh sordello which was samuel beckett's favorite character uh we meet in purgatory so if you want more information about him listen to our purgatorio episode um his lover who is on venus is named cuniza da romano uh, and dante had actually met her in real life in the house of florentine philosopher Cavalcante de Cavalcanti, um, and then I noted here with an exclamation point because I guess I was sleepy. James de Jamie, <laughs> <laughs> with so an exclamation point. Yeah. So is that person uh, de Romano related to Ray? 
Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, all probably Ray Romano. the originals. With yeah. Jabra or whatever. Yeah, yeah, when you go back far <laughs> enough, it's all Ray Romano. <laughs> Every Italian is Ray Romano. I, I'm, I, I gotta say, I'm looking forward to Jamie's episode on the lore of the Everybody Loves Raymond sitcom. Dude. The multiverse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It, it, it's got a lot of threads. A lot of threads going on that one. And then, <laughs> finally, we have one more celebrity cameo on Venus. We meet... Fouquet de Marseille, uh, who tells Dante that Florence was put on Earth by Satan, and that he planted the damned flower, the florin, which was their currency, and mm-hmm. then money led to the corruption of the church. So, like, everybody is pretty pretty in agreement so far up in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah. it's, not, uh, it's not the church's fault for taking the money, it's the money's fault for making the people of the church take it. For existing? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guns don't kill people, bullets kill people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now we move past the shadow of the earth to the fourth sphere, which is the sun. Um, oh, what? Here we've okay, got, hold on. Yeah. I really thought Pinnacle would be sun. I thought that would be the last place we go. No, it's uh, the fourth sphere. Uh, the fourth uh, uh, celestial sphere now is the sun. So, uh, so now. Uh, I gotta say though, this is kind of telling that they kind of had some inkling of how close certain celestial bodies were, like the fact that they went yeah. Mercury, Venus, like they just got those two backwards, right? Yeah, and then the Moon first, and then the Sun, which I don't think is closer than Mars, as far as I know. No, definitely not. No, yeah, no, no. It goes, it goes Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars. So Venus and Mars are, or Venus and Mars are the two closest planets to Earth. Like it's closer yes. than Mercury for sure. Uh, yeah, 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 but it shows up in the sky way less, whereas Mercury shows up very often. Right, like every, every couple weeks, Mercury will show up in the sky, depending on what in, what latitude you're at. But right. it's in retrograde all the time. I hear my yeah, so my, uh, people talking about how how retrograde works is because, and Mars can be in retrograde too. But the thing about Mars is it's not visible when it's in retrograde because it's on the other side of us for, compared to the sun. So. Uh, when Mercury's in retrograde, you see it move backwards across the night sky. So if you're tracking all the stars and you see Mercury, uh, okay. uh, it's moving in one direction. And then for a brief time, it's moving back the other way. And it's because it's orbiting around in a weird way. You, I, I won't be able to explain it coherently, but you can watch you can watch like diagrams that show you how like Mercury moves around the sun and it makes it appear as though it's moving backwards in the night sky. And that's what Mercury being in retrograde oh. means. But no, any dude, pla- it's just the shutter speed on our eyes. Like oh. whenever you look at a car wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whenever, whenever a, a camera films a helicopter and it looks like the rotors aren't moving at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you probably explained it slightly better than Dante. So Definitely. the sun represents the wise. Uh, this sphere is really ethereal and weird, uh, consisting mostly of singing orbs of light. Uh, the first 12 orbs encountered, and we will not get into all of these people because it'd be way too much. Uh, the first 12 orbs are Thomas Aquinas, who we have talked about before, yeah. Albertus Magnus, who probably invented condoms. Dude, he, <laughs> sounds, he sounds like a Chad, whoever he is. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Albertus <laughs> Magnus. The one, square, the one square spirit of light is, yeah, yeah. is <laughs> Albertus Magnus. It's got a butt chin and everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, then we have Gratian. Peter Lombard, King Solomon, Dionysius the Aeropagite, Erosius, Boethius, Isidore of Seville, Bede, which is just B E D E. Beedy? Beedy? Yeah. I don't know. Beedy uh, B- 1. Uh, Richard of St. Victor, and this is my favorite one, Siger of 
Brabant. And is, I was just, sorry, sorry. Um, what's your name? Is it, that's somebody who snuck into heaven, right? Like, what's and what's your, like Saint Peter at the gate? Like, and uh, your name, Saint Sagar Brabant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, what was that? So, Sagar Brabant. And just like Saint, Saint Peter, nobody tells you this, but Saint Peter is actually a very shy person. So he's just like, oh, yeah, for sure, yeah, just like scratching his name at the bottom of the ledger, like <laughs> rather than confront him about not being on the list. His one job. Yeah. <laughs> nobody tells you this, but if you just if you just threaten Saint Peter, they'll let you into heaven. Or if you show up with like enough girls, because they have to keep the head count. Yeah, they gotta keep right? the head count. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's yeah, too yeah. many thirsty boys in heaven. Because women are yeah. sinners. <laughs> You know? Well, yeah, dude. You've got his, like Albertus Magnus and his whole crew of other ghost chads yeah, are yeah. all up there. In the sun. <laughs> you got Albertus Magnus. You got Chadis Big Dickus. Uh, you got <laughs> <laughs> whatever an Aeropagite is. <laughs> um, right. Like I, I said, I'm not going to get into these guys here. But Thomas Aquinas, who we talked about previously, uh, talks to Dante and Beatrice the story of Saint Francis of Assisi, uh, who founded the Franciscan Order of Monks. Mm-hmm. and is one of the most famous figures in all of Christianity. Uh, these are the like classic-looking monks, the bald heads, the brown robes. They're like poor by choice. Those guys. Yeah. Good people. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, Twelve more singing lights appear, one of which is St. Bonaventure. Um, we have a Bonaventure station in on the Montreal Metro. Um, there is like a list, a huge list of shit just named after St. Bonaventure. Um he was a real person. Uh, he had a near-death experience as a child, and he believed that he was saved by the prayers of St. Francis of Assisi, and then joined the Franciscan Order in 1243. Uh, he studied in Paris and has a feast day on July 15th. So, happy belated oh. Bonaventure Day. Yeah. That's uh, my brother Cameron's birthday. I didn't know birthday, that. Cam. Yep. Happy belated I, birthday, Cam. And I, also I St. Bonaventure. <laughs> yeah, I think Bonaventure will listen before Cam does. Well, it's not it's not Bonaventure's birthday though; it's just his feast day. It's his feast true. day. Yeah. yeah, true, true, true. Um, he then tells the story of Saint Dominic, the patron saint of astronomers, which is fitting since we're out in uh, we're out in space now. Clear. I mean, clearly Dante, as misguided as misguided as he was, like in hindsight twenty twenty, he yeah. clearly had a some sort of passion for astronomy uh, and like the way the planets moved. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's always the classic. He's a pretty classic, like intellectual of the time, where they just like read and study everything because they're like yeah. one of ten people on Earth who can even fucking read in the first place. Exactly. So, and they've just, just got and they've just got family money, and the wealth gaps are like fucking unreal. So it's just like daddy yeah. left him some money, so he spends his whole life just fucking reading and philanthropizing or whatever. Like, yeah, getting kicked out of Florence. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so now they're hungry for a little bit more traditional sci-fi. So Dante and Beatrice finally go to Mars, uh, which is home of the warriors of the faith. Well, I was going to say that's the Roman God of war, right? So yeah, exactly. Uh, these are people who had enough fortitude to die for their cause. Unlike the cowards on the moon. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. 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 This is all of Elon Musk's factory workers that died. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That had to die die to make your fucking Tesla. Yeah. Yeah, to get him to, the, to Mars. They're they're staging yeah. coups in Bolivia right now to to like gain control of the lithium mines, and it's like everybody that <laughs> dies defending those lithium mines is going to fucking Mars. Like, gets to live on yeah. Mars. Yeah. So who happens to be here on Mars? But Dante's great great grandfather, Casiaguida Delgi Elise. 
That's a mouthful. Uh, that's a mouthful, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that literally Crush sounds it. like somebody saying a name with a mouthful of spaghetti, okay? Cassiaguida died in the Holy Land during the Second Crusade around 1148. Um, thankfully, okay. uh, he has a little bit of... He's, like, chatting with his great-great-grandson. He's just like, by the way, Florence is a shithole filled with cowardice liars. And Dante's just like, I can't believe you think that out you here in what? space, yeah. granddad. Yeah. <laughs> you know what person who really aligns with the way that I think and is somehow in heaven? I think the same way. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are traitorous liars. You're right. Everybody <laughs> in Florence. <laughs> um, now, also, uh, so Cassia Guida is also like the in-text reason for the existence of the comedy. Because while talking to Dante... He's just like, you should probably tell people about this crazy journey you went on. You've been taking notes, correct? Like, you wrote down yeah, some yeah. of the people you talked to in hell and purgatory, and you're going to tell them about heaven, too, right? Yeah. So, he's the reason the whole thing was written oh, man. from the text. He's the original Lore Boys canon? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Cassio Guido was like, uh, Lore Boys canon, this all happened, right? And Dante was like, you know what, you're right. <laughs> Dude, the, made oh the first God. knock knock joke or something like that. Yeah, yeah. the the first The first joke ever recorded, I want to say it's Sumerian, and it's uh, has there ever been a woman who sat in her husband's lap and did not fart? That's the Who's first. There? That's the first ever joke. Who's there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I looked it up. The first knock knock joke apparently it was in. Uh, it might have been from Macbeth in 1606. Okay. Oh, who knows? I'm familiar, oh, Billy I'm familiar with it. Yeah, Billy Shakes. There we go. Coming Billy Shakes. Having a comeback. Can't get away. <laughs> I'm knocking um, here. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Uh, other Martian warriors of Christ, uh, Christ include Charlemagne, uh, who apparently hated drunks, um, and Joshua, who was Moses' assistant, who then became oh. leader of the Israelites when Moses died. He's also a tree for hippies. The Joshua tree. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Judah, uh, from the story of Hanukkah, is chilling on Mars. Okay. I'm not Judah Chris. Next, next Ju Judah. we travel... <laughs> Judah. <laughs> <laughs> I had someone at my elementary school teach us the story of Hanukkah a few times during Hanukkah time. I don't really remember much of it. They had a lamp that burned for eight days, and that was a miracle. So that's why they have eight candles on the menorah, as far I, as I know. I wish someone would tweet at me the story of Judah. I'm yeah. sure my girlfriend yeah. knows, honestly. I could probably podcast go ask her. Gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, next, we're going to Jupiter, uh, which is named after the Roman king oh, of the gods. To get more stupider. Yes. Oh, yeah, Dante. God, Dante specifically was just like, "I need good dumb now." Uh, yeah. God, I've, I've been to Venus to get big penis. Now gotta go Jupiter, get more stupider. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look up the Latin for that, but it's definitely in the text. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure this is what the classic literature would want us to read it in. Like, yeah, oh yeah, 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 this is how it was meant to be. I'm sure there isn't like a. a a Harvard professor spinning in his fucking grave right now as we record. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm Just sure like, there's a, a lot of people out there writing their theses on uh, Dante's Inferno that are, are stopping off to listen to the Lord Boys podcast. Hear what we have to say on the subject. Oh my god! <laughs> I hope so. Honestly, I mean, um, we are kind of the authority when you think about it. 
I think, I mean, how many other podcasts have covered this to this extent? How many other people have talked about this? I mean, I don't think anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found like, this all know, dusty tome. <laughs> we all know the theory of gravity, but we don't know where gravity comes from. And now we know it's Satan's balls. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Jupiter's, uh, again, very weird. Uh, it's not really like a physical realm, I, which I don't think he knew that it was not a solid object, but there's not like people here um they're like a football cheer squad so like a bunch of souls which appear as like bright lights organize themselves to spell out uh diligite eustitium qui judicatis terum which is old old italian for love justice ye that judge the earth so they're, they're just there going give me a d Give me an I. Yeah. Give me it, an well, I. Yeah, D-I-L, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, uh, the souls that form the M of Terem, which is the last letter in their saying, like, fuse together and form into a gigantic silver eagle embossed with gold Hell who yeah. communicates telepathically with Dante. Okay. <laughs> now, now this, um, is, this has really become Dante, right? Like... He had a good D and D game with his friends, and he's decided to self publish the book of the the story of his D and D campaign. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So he speaks to the eagle for a little while. Now there was one like aside just on the Wikipedia page um, of like sculptures of eagles around Europe are all in a similar position, and it's supposed to be the letter M from Tarum from this old Latin saying. So like if you look at an eagle it, visually, you're not going to be able to visualize this, but if you take Draw a line from the tip of the feathers to the wrist of an eagle, and then down to like it's where its belly button would be. You can kind of overlay a letter M over a sculpture of an eagle. Now, when you say wrist of an eagle, I was yeah. picturing a shoulder of an eagle. No, because the wrists are where the feathers would point downwards from, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Then up, I just and then. Think of when you're drawing birds and you don't know how to draw very well. They all look like little M's. Yeah, I mean, when I don't, I, when I do that, I just trace my hand and make a turkey. Gobble gobble, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to spice up your sky, just make little M's and they'll say like faraway birds. Jamie, Jamie really did paint a picture for me here. Okay, Peter, you yeah. you lost me when you started talking about wrists versus elbows. I don't know. Uh, Jamie with his <laughs> M's got me. I, yeah. I get it. Little, I'm there. Little I'm, seagulls. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Um, on Jupiter, we come across Emperor Trajan, uh, who was given by Thomas Aquinas back in Inferno as an example of a virtuous pagan, uh, who uh, absolutely, totally converted to Christianity before he died in 117 AD, yeah. unlike that idiot Virgil, <laughs> who we miss and love very much. But we have since forgotten about because we swam through that river that wipes your memories. <laughs> right. Virgil but backwards but- is leg riv. But he swam through the river that restored his good memories. Was Virgil not a good memory? Apparently not. He bathed in the milk of memory. The memory milk. The Yeah, the, the memory milk. <laughs> he went through the river Leche, and he's just he's sweaty now. <laughs> uh, so on the subject of Virgil, uh, I, he was like, a Trojan that he wrote about in the Aeneid appears in heaven as well. Uh, this is uh, Ripheus described as the most just Trojan, and he gets to come to Jupiter because he was apparently saved at the last minute by the Christian god himself after he was taken prisoner by the Greeks. Okay. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to tell us the name of the Christian god, but it's just God, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's just <laughs> God with a capital G. Dang. So, yeah, Ripheus or Ripheus was saved by God from the Greeks during the Trojan War, and he's on Jupiter now as well for some reason. But again, this is a technically fictitious character from the Aeneid written by Virgil, and again, Virgil has to stay in hell. Yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense, though. Uh, yeah. Mickey Goofy from the Mickey Mouse is going to be in heaven, but I'm not going there. Which sphere? Uh, probably the lust sphere, I, th- I would think. Uh, he's the only one who canonically has had sex. He's got a kid who looks like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's the he's the virtuous lover. He's the <laughs> chill on Venus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, come here, there, you pretty girl. Good Sure is warm. I'm gorge. Hey there, Maxie. So finally, the souls that formed the giant letter M and Eagle uh, speak as one and tell Dante of God's justice, which is frontier justice, because God is the rootinest, tootinest cowboy. Oh, for sure. God is just uh, Yosemite Sam from the Looney Tunes. (laughs) 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 Big old beard and mustache. (laughs) God is fucking six shooters. (laughs) That's always been my image of God, I think, since I was a young child. You know somebody, Sam? <laughs> oh, Yosem- yeah. oh, wait a second. It is like it is like an old an old biblical world. It's Yosemite. So he's oh, yeah, probably yeah. One, of, one of the many sons of Judah who traveled with Moses during Exodus, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Explain, explain some of the erratic behavior, like flood the earth or stuff like that. He's just, yeah, yeah. He fired from the hip, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Going yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> so next celestial sphere, next celebrity cameo. Uh, the next sphere is Saturn, and this is for the contemplative uh, and those who represent temperance. So this is where we get battered shrimp and all that shit. Okay. All right? Here we go. Uh, people <laughs> who in life were beacons of self-restraint. Uh, very boring at parties, but would likely not tell you about being vegan or the podcast they've been doing with their friends. That's me. We're talking about yeah. me when we're talking about temperance. We're talking about me, right? We can all, yeah. can all agree. Mr. Totally. Temperance got- over here. So much self-restraint, drinking your beer on the podcast. Mr. Tempe. <laughs> Mr. Tempura. Yeah. Um, so here's where it kind of gets, again, strange. It's another, like, more and more ethereal the further away you get from Earth. On, in, or around Saturn, uh, Dante and Beatrice speak to Peter Damien. Uh, Peter was born circa 988 AD in Ravenna, Italy. Um, to a large but poor noble family, which for me I found like kind of like an oxymoron because I thought nobility was a byproduct of wealth. But you Not can necessarily. Apparently... Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you could be like have a lot of cars and a mansion and stuff, but they're all on lease, and you gotta <laughs> you oh, yeah. gotta pay for them. Damien yeah. for uh, yeah. famously in debt. <laughs> so yeah. so you can what... make YouTube videos and show off your cars and say how good you are at making money, and then people will pay you to like learn your method. But there is no method. So <laughs> yeah. I, you can, if you're wealthy enough, you can buy a title, which is you you okay. pay to become a noble person. So like okay. it is kind of inherent, but you can lose all your money as the nobility. Okay, but uh, so I guess that's what would have happened to Peter Damien's parents here. Yeah. But if you're um, noble, presumably you own land, and if you own land, yeah. you can collect taxes. So presumably you're never out of wealth because you always have a workforce kind of thing. Right. But it, they, it would happen. They didn't seem to have much because after both his parents died, uh, his older brother set him to work on a pig farm. So the workforce on this noble noble farmstead was the nobility themselves. 
Um, another one of his brothers, uh, Damianus, took pity on him and figured that education was better than pig farming. And if it was like the year 1000, I would probably agree. He would have been like 12, 13 in the year 1000. And like being ankle deep in pig shit is probably more hazardous to your health than drinking water in <laughs> at this time, right? Uh, drinking water at that time was really dangerous. So, But imagine wallowing in pig shit. I mean, it's just on your feet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. He washed his hands. What if he scratches his foot? Takes oh, off his gross sandals or whatever. That is true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if um, do you wear sandals to. I guess I wouldn't. Do they boot? When did they make boots? I don't boots? know when they invented when, boots. When does when does boot be invented? <laughs> it's <laughs> not okay, bluebell. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the good Doctor Martin on this? <laughs> <laughs> so. Thankfully, this was a good choice because Peter was an absolute legend. And by the age of 25 in 1013-ish, he was already a renowned teacher. And now he's up on Saturn. Uh, Dante places him on Saturn as a symbol of temperance due to the fact that in 1035, he gave up the luxurious monasteries in Cluny, France and became a hermit. Um, Thankfully, up here in the celestial spheres, news that Florence was a whack shithole had reached Peter Damien's dead ears too. So he knew as well. You know, like, people are saying that our radio signals are going to go out into space and, like, aliens will discover that at some point. The first thing aliens are going to find out from us is the fact that Florence is the worst place on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our radio signals do do that. Yeah. Uh, that's, also that's on safe. Saturn, Beatrice gets hotter. Oh, good. Yeah, it's groovy, uh, right? C- can, I, can I also just say I really hope so Dante has messed up the order of a few planets so far, and I really hope he messes up the order of the last two planets. And Uranus is the uh, the pinnacle of <laughs> Paradiso. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously we'll be getting getting to that next. I suspect our sphere it's not. of our sphere of like expanding radio, though, like the first thing that's going to reach the aliens is like back in when was radio invented? I have no uh, idea. Yeah, it's uh, like. Marconi Tr- was the guy who invented uh, it. But, yeah. Try morphine. Give it to your kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to say. Yeah, yeah. Baby brand, baby cocaine. Put, <laughs> yeah. put cocaine in your baby's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Gerbers. It's great for your babies. <laughs> yeah, Gerber, baby cocaine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, now, the reason that Beatrice gets hotter is not just because Dante's self-insert is hanging out with his dead girlfriend. Uh it represents the added insight regarding the truth of God, basically. So she gets she gets hotter. Oh, the closer they get to God. Yeah. The closer the to God, closer to the hotter God. the babe. Hotter the hotter your babes. Look at them <laughs> gans. That's a faithful woman right there. <laughs> um now we obviously kind of alluded to this just now. What do you think the next sphere is? Well, I wanna say I like I said, I wanna say Neptune, because I know it goes Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. But I wanted to go Saturn, Neptune, Uranus because I wanted Jamie, to end on it's Uranus. It's gonna be a fully stocked Radio Shack. Yeah, no, it's a, no way. It's a, nobody it's would a, believe that. It's a, not the, even <laughs> the source by Circuit City is the next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, we modern men, at time of writing, with our ignorant future brains, may think that it would be Uranus that would follow Saturn, as that's the order, or even Neptune, if you wanted to guess that he probably got it wrong. The comedy being written in the 1300s means the rest of the known solar system is missing. Oh. Okay. Uranus was not officially discovered until 1781, 
Neptune later. was 1846, and we discussed already earlier, Pluto was in 1930. Yeah. Um, now that all that science is out of the way, we can move on with Paradiso. Uh, after Saturn, Dante enters the realm of the fixed stars on a giant golden ladder. So the Milky Way. Sort of. He it's does the mention the, the Milky blanket. Way. The, 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 Leche, the Leche River is where we are, finally. It's more like the splattering. It's like splattered milk up at the sky because the fixed stars, they could tell that like planets, it's the sun and the moon could move, so they're the non-fixed stars. Yeah. The fixed stars themselves, like constellations, shit like that, they didn't really know that they moved, so there was they just assumed there was just a giant black shell around everything with stars on it. Okay, yeah. Um, so, uh, then they climb up from Saturn on a giant golden ladder to the fixed stars. Uh, faith, hope, and love are represented here. Oh, they were uh, at the, uh, at the carriage surrounding Beatrice. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, those women represented that directly. This is more of a allegorical thing. These three women are not up here themselves, because those women are in the Garden of Eden, which is still on Earth. Oh, they're, they're still, yeah, they're, they're actresses. They're not real. Those are the understudies in the Garden of Eden. And here are the, exactly. here's the real deal. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Dante turns around on the ladder uh, as he exits the known solar system and has like a Carl Sagan pale blue dot moment. Um, he describes the Earth as small and scrawny, but he kind of approves and misses it. Okay. So he sees the scale of the rest of the, of, of the celestial spheres and looks back at Earth and is just like, wow. Maybe my home isn't so bad if Florence was wiped off the face of the earth. You know? <laughs> yeah. If it just wasn't for Florence. <laughs> if it just wasn't for Florence. Um, now, this is where the saints, like the big, the big dick saints are. Uh, so among the stars, he meets uh, the Virgin Mary. And finally, we come to St. Peter, who has a cheeky test. Okay. He was the rock. What? St. <laughs> Peter was the rock. Oh, upon, yeah. It's like, upon yeah. which Jesus built his church. Yeah, it was Dwayne Dwayne St. Peter the Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so St. Peter asked Dante what faith is and if he has it. Uh, Dante's character Dante that he wrote about himself has the right answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. how, however, he uses an argument from Augustine to say that the Bible is true and that the Catholic Church's rise from humble beginnings is a miracle in itself and that is why he has faith. Okay. St. Peter's just like, or the the fictionalized version of St. Peter in Dante's book is just like, wow, Dante, you got it. That's good wow, enough for Dan me. <laughs> Dante, you sure are smart and good looking. Boy, yeah. Yeah. Your, your, your wife, girlfriend, young child is very good looking as well. Even hotter than the last time after you guys went through Saturn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you gotta have faith. George Michael, 1300s. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 1317. Yeah. George yeah. Michael, Limp Bizkit. Uh, you gotta have faith. <laughs> Uh, well, here's another cameo here uh, for uh, our own for, for, from our own podcast. Uh, St. James asked Dante if he has hope. Uh, however, hot Beatrice vouches for Dante to totally confirm that he has hope and or just pushes her new like space boobies together. And then St. <laughs> James is just like, I've been up in space a long time, boys. I'm just going to accept that answer. <laughs> <laughs> just like zipping around, zipping around the stars. Boy, I can't wait to get to St. Ethan. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next guy to test him is St. John uh, St. John asks Dante if he has love uh, Dante states that his understanding of love comes from his experience on the mountain of purgatory where he learns that all sin is deficient love 
Okay, you could have um, said you could have said John said what is love, and Dante said baby don't hurt me, don't hurt me no more. That's true. I did escape that one. <laughs> All right, actually, let's 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 re-record, guys. We can start fresh. Scrap it. It's, it's just yeah. all pop music from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, to us, the reader, uh, Dante. This means that Dante is using his experiences in a book. He is also and will also write to explain that he learned lessons from himself. Right. You're right. So is, Dante I mean, is. Yeah. This really is the original Circle Jerk. Like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And the original anime, considering his magical girl sidekick just keeps getting hotter the further they get away into their adventure. Oh, yeah. Take that, Eastern uh, Orthodox. Am I right? Far far Eastern Orthodox. Yeah, it's like, far. I, I don't think that's right at all. Far, and far. Laura says she's over a thousand years old. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Totally okay. <laughs> yeah. She died as an adult. She did die after she was 18. So even if not... Oh, that's rare for the time. I, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Like also, there was, there's no way there was those laws at the time. <laughs> like, uh, no. No. <laughs> no, there wasn't. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, due to the bright saint lights, uh, Dante briefly goes blind before being healed by Beatrice, who uses secondary divine light to heal his eyeballs. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, no, you, like, oh, no, you got a light burn. Here, take my light. <laughs> like, basic, heals him. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's just like, oh no, you burned your hand. Let me pour some boiling water on it. He's like, yeah, yeah. Ah, new have pain. Some, have you. some fire to, to, to heal you. <laughs> um, so following the crossfire question period, uh, St. Peter, unprompted, tells Dante that Pope Boniface VIII is a bastard and he hates him because of simony. Uh, <laughs> okay. St. Peter's just drinking a margarita in the corner. Hey, you know that guy? Fucking asshole! Like we're talking about yeah. something, dude. Fuck him, and, <laughs> fuck him, and his stupid sick sequence. One, one, two, three, four. Why it just keeps going up? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so in uh, my day, you... it was one, two, three, four. This yeah, guy's yeah. got to reinvent the wheel. This guy's got to out this fucking Fibonacci sequence. Hmm? <laughs> so we talked about uh, Boniface and Simony in Inferno because at the time in Fraud there is like a burning pope in a pit and Boniface is still alive when this is being written but Dante guarantees us that he's going to hell he's going for to hell. Ex- accepting bribes basically not only Dante but Peter himself guaranteed it so that's, oh, a, word yeah, you, that's exactly. a word you can trust don't, don't take Dante's word for it take Peter's word that Dante wrote throws his throws his hands up he's just like ah i heard it it's a quote yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um and then the spirit of saint peter turns red because he is so angry about bad popes okay so and this is an interesting point because this is something that i've i thought was a much more recent thing but red being bad or angry i would have thought that that was a much more recent invention than the 1300s yeah i don't know Uh, i mean cardinals wear red and dante is usually depicted as wearing like a red robe so but yeah he turns they're red not angry yeah. Anger. yeah huh um yeah anyway if you want to listen to if you want more about boniface and fraud we got an inferno episode baby um Peter, dante does wear red in like every photo how'd you know yeah exactly i i've spent fucking 20 hours doing research on this now, now <laughs> jamie jamie one picture of him. jamie hold on are uh, you looking at a picture of a red macaw because it's a very common uh, mistake to make when you're looking up pictures of Dante to be to actually looking at a picture of a parrot and parrots they talk hook nose. they talk very oh, much right. like humans and some of them have red feathers so it's very yeah. hard yeah. to tell 
Actually, what I wasn't color? looking at either. I was looking at James the Hedgehog and writing in anyone's name, the Hedgehog, on the internet, and that's what I was looking at. Oh, oh good. <laughs> By the way, you guys, we've already talked about it, but you guys can do that too. Write your name, the Hedgehog, and there'll be a bio. Check that out. It's uh, a nightmare. Safe Dar- search only. Darnell the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now we're on the ninth sphere, and this is the end of the physical universe. Uh, this is called the Primum Mobile, and this is where angels live. Uh, it is moved directly by God, because uh, gravity is for pagans. True. Um, mm-hmm. From where he is with Beatrice, Dante can see God as a bright point of light surrounded by nine rings of angels, which is based on the hierarchy of angels, the holiest being at the center. So the closer to God, the stronger and more holy the angel. Um and then the angels get kind of shittier the further away you get, but they're still angels, right? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get into all of them. Like, an episode about the hierarchy of angels is probably an hour and a half long in itself. I would probably love to do that, because researching all this old Catholicism has been really cool. This is, but this, be, is the, this is the Newtonian model of the angel. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so at the center of the ring are the seraphim, which are the strongest angels. And they're usually depicted as, like, golden beings of light with six wings. Um, There are some other ones, like, some of them are just, like, interlocking wheels covered in eyeballs. That's apparently an angel. Something like that. It's all... Yeah. That that sounds... I mean, that sounds very... I mean, and to me, I had it in my mind as, like, that was the biblical depiction of angels, was... They were, like, these, like, otherworldly, like, Lovecraftian beings that were just, like, horrific, but also very holy, apparently. Yeah, well, like, there are humanoid angels that are just, like, people in robes with wings, but they're archangels and regular angels, so they're the eighth and ninth ring on the way out. And then you've got stuff like uh, cherubs, which are not the cute little babies. Uh, Cherubs are apparently six-winged, multi-faced monsters that are just also covered in eyes. So it's all all very strange. Like I said, angel episode one day. (laughs) Uh, Where were they? Dante's angels. It's it's Charlie's angels, but Dante's angels. Oh yeah, Cameron it's, Diaz play, is, plays a, a a interlocking wheel of high eyes and light. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's a real breakout role. Oh, yeah. You got that wrong. She's all legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, while traveling through the Prima Mobile and observing all these terrifying-looking angels, uh, Beatrice takes a little bit of time to the side to talk shit about preachers of Dante's day. So, okay, of course. Every- there's never anything too interesting to see out here on our way to heaven uh, that we can't just stop and bitch for a yeah, while. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> We're never so busy going on this uh, soul-searching journey to, yeah. to stop and complain about Florence and how shitty it is and all the people that live in Florence. <laughs> just because we're hurtling through space doesn't mean things have gotten any better down there. Uh, ascending beyond the realm of existence now, Dante enters the Empyrean. Um, and since Dante invented... Oh, excuse me, I said that already. Oh, excuse me, no, Dante, uh, I fucked this up, I, there's a typo here. Uh, once they enter the Empyrean and leave the physical universe, D- Beatrice gets hotter one more time. Oh, now she's nice. like oh, the hottest. The hot basically. is over 9,000. Boo! <laughs> okay, okay. Not, a, not a big DBZ fan in the house. I get it, I get it, I get it. Uh, Goku already dumped him that one yeah. time, and he's yeah. really about it what what peter <laughs> peter what what if i said uh beatrice had got her last pokemon evolution hmm then you'd be a fan oh i that's way more my thing that's my my childhood anime <laughs> <laughs> 
So after Beatrice gets hotter, uh, Dante is enveloped in light, making him fit to see God and is carried up to a gigantic rose that symbolizes divine love. Uh, angels apparently like fly around it like bees, which is from the from the actual text. He just that's how he describes them. And Beatrice takes her place on the petals. Uh, since she has represented theology this whole time, and now he's about to meet God, she can just relax. She's just like, my allegory is done. I'm going to take a seat because now I'm just ridiculously sexy. Um, Dante doesn't need me anymore. Uh, Dante gets one last ride, though, with St. Bernard, the booze dog. The dog, Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Bernard of Clairvaux was a French abbot and influencer uh, in the revitalization of the Benedictine monks. Uh, He was born around 1090, but more importantly for Dante, he was a huge supporter and recruiter for the Second Crusade, where Cassia Guida, Dante's great-great-grandfather, earned his property on Mars. Right, right, yeah. So it's all very, you know, uh, thank God that everybody up in heaven, thank God literally, I guess in this case, everybody up in heaven that's important to me specifically is here, and we're all working together for the exact same goal. And it's all that shit about Florence. That's what heaven's supposed to be about, right? You're all surrounded by the people you love. and Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, this, is, this, is, this is a very Christian story, I gotta say, from the yeah. Christians that I know. <laughs> Uh, St. Bernard explains predestination, uh, the idea that all events have been willed by God, and prays to the Virgin Mary on Dante's behalf, and then Dante becomes comes face to circle with God himself okay. up in the Imperium. Yeah. Uh, What's he look like? Is it the, the guy with the guns? He's a circle, yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's a, a much weirder interpretation of Yosemite Sam than I'm used to, but it's still you can see how it's still inspired by Chuck Jones at the very least, so <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get into the description in a moment. Uh, Dante, having been purged of sin, gone blind, had his sight restored, is well beyond closing his eyes in the presence of angels like he was in Purgatorio. God existing outside the physical world is described as something equally impossible he is three equally sized circles of light that occupy the same space at the same time representing all at once in the same area the father the son and the holy ghost uh within these circles dante can make out like the human silhouette form of christ and then the comedy ends with dante trying to figure out how these circles fit together and how the human form of christ fits with the circle of the sun that's s-o-n However, regarding this knowledge, Dante says, that was not a flight for my wings. Cool. And that's it. That's the God end. is a multidimensional being. He's a bunch of rings of light that all sit together. God is a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's the divine comedy. We, uh, we did it. We started on a shitty hill in a dark forest. Where we were accosted by a she-wolf, a lion, and a leopard, and now we're outside of existence, yeah. looking at a silhouette of Jesus and a beam of light. We uh, went wow. down for a while, we pivoted on Satan's balls, and here yeah. we are. It's yeah. an interesting... Facing Cameron line. Diaz. <laughs> the the, the an- angelic horror that is Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we went all the way down to the deepest depths of hell, then all the way up to the highest heights of heaven... And uh, in in only three hours, wow, that was pretty good, guys. And yeah, and we, and we left, and we left the universe itself. Yeah, wow. Four so and that's half. it. I had a lot of fun researching this. I like the complete madness that 
Paradiso devolves into of like dancing orbs of light forming into giant bronze eagles and or uh, silver eagles rather and like telling Dante psychically about the rule of God and shit. <laughs> it's just like okay, man. But I, for anyone, I guess, th- that listens to our Dante's episode that doesn't like our video game episodes, this really reminds me, like, the whole through arc of Dante's Forno really reminds me of our previous episode on Kid Icarus, uh, the video game, because it's just so, like, off the walls bonkers at times. But it's because, yeah, like, yeah. Kid Icarus was clearly written by somebody who lives in the 14th century and just doesn't <laughs> understand how <laughs> things in modern day work. Like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I have been your host and, uh, you know, worthless pagan guide, Peter O'Donoghue. Uh, you can find me at Pete O'Donoghue on Twitter or at Loreboys Podcast on Instagram or theloreboys.com. Uh, Ethan, um, if I wanted to, I don't know, hang out with you, but you weren't as hot as you would potentially become, how would I do that? Um, if I, if I was just, just hot enough, you know, not too hot, not too cold, you could uh, reach me on the Goldilocks Twitter, at Ethan the Dead Man. Uh, if you wanted to leave the, the show a review saying, very hot, not too cold, uh, please do, on iTunes or whatever app you guys use. Uh, it super, super, super helps us out. Uh, find new listeners, find more people to grow the community. Uh, as we mentioned earlier... We have an email that you guys can send emails to, uh, contact at loreboys.com, or you can go to loreboys.com slash about and uh, find all our contact info there, all our Twitters, all our Discord, all our everything. Uh, So please come join the Discord, come hang out with us. And Jamie? Yeah, um, you can, my name's James. I've been one third of your hosts and you can find me mostly on the Discord. Uh, that's where we play the game. So like Ethan said, loreboys.com slash about, or just go to loreboys.com and click on that little about section, and there's a way to get into our Discord. Uh, I want to see more people there, so come hang out. Uh, yeah. And anybody who wants to show, support the show financially, we, of course, have a Patreon, patreon.com slash theloreboys. Uh, and if you uh, like the show and want to support but don't quite trust Patreon, then why not reach out to us? Uh, at Lord Boys Prime. Our Lord Boys Prime is something we've had since day one, where we offer you guys some of our cool inventions uh, in return for your hard-earned uh, florins. Uh, so you guys know <laughs> we are we are inventors first and foremost, and believe it or not, we have invented the sexy rare candy, the thing that can evolve you from what you are now into the sexier Saturn-like version of yourself. Uh, so just send, send us your shipments and, uh, we'll give you, uh, we'll send you a packet of rare candies. We'll send you one evolution, uh, per thing. Your stats won't go up. You will have to, yeah, but, but just from a vain point of view, from a purely aesthetic point of view, you'll be much sexier than you were before. Yeah. Ethan, it's weird because Ethan designed them and I ate mine and I stayed the same. So you're already perfect. Yeah, I guess. Well, honestly, how they all work is they just make anyone look more like Jamie. So just whoever eats it, you'll just get one step closer to Jamie. Then if you eat two, everyone ends up as Jamie. The second one is there. So you end up the first one gets you halfway there. The second one gets you the rest of the way there. Our personal James Miller is already from beyond the prime of mobile. So he's already as sexy as he's going to get. He is just a massive flesh covered in eyes and wheels. So yeah, as as angelic as they come. And uh, I think that, that constitutes, constitutes uh, Lord Boys. A, co- a comedy out. Lore Boys Divine Comedy? Oh. Outside of the Lord known Boys universe? Out. Yeah. Lore Boys out.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.